7 to 8 p.m. Sport on with Tabiso Musia. And a very good evening and uh, thank you for joining us here on SAFM uh, Sport On and thank you to Greg Hose there. Well, it is uh, the Monday where the box are at the end of their trophy tour with the final stop being Cape Town. And well done to all of you who lined uh, up this, who lined the streets of Tswane, Johannesburg, East London, PE, and uh, Cape Town today. I mean, the scenes were just beautiful and wonderful to see uh, people from all walks of life gathering for one common cause to celebrate a rugby win. It was really great to see uh, for those of us watching on TV. I know the naysayers will say rugby will not unite us and understandably so but surely as a country we can build on this momentum of the box triumph in Japan and how it's brought all of us together. Credit also to the players for sticking it out for five days was it? It can't be easy being on a bus and a plane every day go uh, doing the same thing over and over again especially considering that these guys were the first ones to arrive in Japan for the Rugby World Cup and they were the last ones to leave with the trophy and what they have done over the past few days is really a true mark of champions and heroes and we certainly don't take that for granted. I mean Siakolis even had to go to the SA Sport Awards last night where he won the People's Choice Awards. Uh, Rasia Rasmus was also there and in the morning they were back in Cape Town on that victory parade. Having said that though, there is a lot of unhappiness in PE. Uh, people are up in arms, especially in the northern areas where most coloured people reside. Uh, they feel that they've been snubbed by the box after their route was changed on a Sunday and they couldn't go to that part of the city. I believe that it was Galvindale and uh, Helenvale, Katanga there. Uh, those are the areas most affected. Uh, but the box did issue an apology on their social media account saying that congestion and a flight they had to catch to Cape Town meant that they could not reach those areas. And uh, they're saying we are as disappointed as you and we do apologize sincerely But that did not stop some residents or community leaders of PE from locking the offices of the Eastern Province Rugby Union today in a sign of protest. They locked out the rugby administrators demanding a meeting. Uh, there was also, there were also reports that people were burning tires in anger on Sunday, but that's not been confirmed yet. So we're going to speak to uh, the man who actually locked the offices of EP Rugby this morning with a padlock uh, just to try and understand, um, I mean, their frustrations and the stance that they've decided to take. Would also love to get your thoughts on this. Are they within their rights or have the people now gone? Gone, gone too far now gone overboard did the box give the best that they have and if it wasn't to be it wasn't to be and if you were one of those disappointed ones that uh, that were in PE and uh, the box we were waiting for the box on that plane and route please also share with us your emotions because there because uh, um, I, I saw a lot of people posting on Sunday and they were saying that um, they had kids there they were saying that they had kids there and the kids were disappointed. They had to rush to the airport and all of that and they still couldn't get a glimpse of the box. So um, we'd love to get your thoughts. Please uh, uh, call us. Uh, our lines are always open. There are also suggestions that the northern areas were snubbed deliberately. Uh, there's a voice note doing the rounds. We've had that voice note and we can't confirm the authenticity of it. Uh, so please let us know. Our lines are open 891 uh, You can SMS us on 41391 and you can also send us 
us voice notes on WhatsApp on 061-4104-107. Also, this past weekend saw the start of the Mzansi Super League 2.0. I will also love to get your thoughts on that. Are you happy with the cricket on display? What have you seen? Uh, the one glaring thing for me was the empty seats, though, and we're going to talk also about that to Mr. Aslam Kota, cricket commentator and analyst here on SABC. And later on, uh, we'll, we'll hopefully have a quick chat about the derby uh, with um, Paul Ndlanya, who's played for Chiefs and Apparates. So all that's coming up on the show. That's number to call, uh, 891 WhatsApp voice notes, 061-4104-107. And our SMS number is uh, 41391. For the story behind the action, catch Tabiso Musia weekdays at 7 p.m. So before we get to what happened in PE yesterday, let's talk about the Mzansi Super League. It got underway on Friday. The defending champs, the Juicy Stars, hosting the Cape Town Blitz, uh, who won by 15 runs, uh, the, the the Blitz there. And to help us look at the opening weekend of the Mzansi Super League, we are joined by SABC Sports commentator Aslam Kota. Aslam, good evening, sir, and thank you very much for speaking to us here on SAFM. Good evening. Always a pleasure to be so. Always let's a pleasure on your show. Well, um, it's officially underway. Two point oh, the second season. Your, your, your. Firstly, actually, you did the opening game between the Stars and the Blitz. What did you make of the crowd attendance, Mister Cotter? Because it's been a big talking point on social media. I think that's an all-encompassing uh, issue after this weekend's uh, matches that have taken place regarding the crowds. I must add, the Wanderers. It started with uh, very few people because remember, it's starting at five thirty, and that's when people are probably still stuck in the traffic somewhere. But I must say that sometime after uh, after 7 o'clock, or half past 6, 7 o'clock, uh, a good crowd streamed in. If there were about four, maybe 5,000 people, there was a whole lot less when the match did start. So that's not good enough for a defending champion at the home ground and actually taking on the, 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 the runners-up from last year. So you would expect there was mm-hmm. lots of needle in it. And um, the crowd should have all got involved. That didn't. We'll just go back to the game quickly, Tabisa, and I'll say that uh, the uh, Josie Stars changing down 215 for three looked all set to, to actually overhaul that with uh, Hendricks batting really well, supported there by Temba Bavuma as well, and also Rassi van der Biffen. And as soon as Stain came in for the second spell, picked up those two important wickets of Hendricks and van der Biffen, and eventually they lost their 15 runs. So it was a close affair, and in, in T20 cricket that tends to happen. Uh, you don't have a good start, and... Uh, uh, or you have a very good start and things can wobble in the middle and uh, it all falls apart because suddenly the recovery becomes tough for the rest of the chefs and they are unable to get they are unable to get back to ball. The the night obviously belonged to Janaman Malan who unfortunately yep. was uh, not out on 99. And then on on Sunday Durban Heat versus the Swanee Spartans unfortunately in Durban and from what I see the rest of the week it's going to be very much the same. Lots of rain in the area. Perhaps all of the Durbanites should stand outside their balconies and blow all those clouds inland because we need that rain very, very desperately. And then I'm just running through it very quickly mm. for you, Tabisa, because let's then get to the talking point. So the power rocks taking on the uh, the uh, uh, Cape Town Blitz again. Yeah. And uh, this was pretty surprising in how that resolved well. The power rocks did very well, scoring 174 nine, 5 to Plessis, um and then also Henry Davids all getting among the runs. And what tends to happen in T20 cricket is when you're chasing a total over 150, uh, is, this is my observation, is that and if you lose one or two quick wickets, the rest of the chairs try to keep the tempo going, and they get it wrong, 
and there's no way that you can actually consolidate and recover and things like that. So they go hell for leather, and uh, eventually you find yourself that you've been actually bowled out for 84. So having scored the top score of the weekend, 215 for three, two days later, they get out for 84. And the spinners, of course, making uh, uh, inroads there. Shamsi and, and for 10 between them took five of the uh, 10 wickets that fell. And at foul, I reckon that that's going to be key to visitors who go there. And uh, they better take note of it. And then Nelson Mandela Bay Giants, uh, where they were giant killers over the weekend because they did to Josie, they did to Josie what Cape Town did and beat them quite handsomely. Mm-hmm. Again, 167 for seven, and they uh, they fell short with a score of 143. So um, there too, it was good to see Tahir and uh, um, uh, Junior Dala getting among the wickets. Uh, Hendricks getting uh, 62 of 58 in the first match. He got 80 runs. So he's the form player, but unfortunately he wasn't able to do enough for his team to get over the line. Mm. So to come back to the issue of crowds and everything else, I must say that I do feel that the the, the, the tournament last year also had this, uh, the following that sort of seemed to grow with the tournament. Everybody stood back to watch it because there was so much of negativity before it actually started, and given that the previous one was cancelled or the original T20 tournament was uh, that was mooted was cancelled, Everybody stood back and waited and watched, and eventually they saw that there was some really good quality cricket. Uh, a lot of the keener observers, Tabiza, would have seen that, hold on, there's some new players also emerging. There's some guys who are really impressing. So I think slowly what happened is it caught on to the, uh, on, uh, on the public, and the fact that it's been on SABC, I think, helped the tournament to actually then get to a, st- uh, to a stage where uh, people actually went out and watched it. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say they were there in great numbers, but mm-hmm. it was it was certainly encouraging to say the least. Um, so it's early days. It's uh, exams at school and at universities. So to, to me, the talking point here should be: once CSA uh, have uh, seen the end of uh, tournament number two, is to analyze as to how can they do, how can they reorganize their scheduling. And I'll tell you why: because if it's happening in March, there are 31 days in March. You need 32 matches in which to squeeze all of that in. That shouldn't be a problem because you do have uh, times where you can play double hitters. There are also some number of holidays that happen in March which can also uh, help quite a bit. And to me, that is important because it doesn't clash with any of the major fixtures. It's just before the IPL. So depending on how many South Africans actually get drafted into the IPL, um, you know, it's important to play before then. And the other reason is, and this is the, the, the one that you should be underlining and keeping a key eye on is, is that South Africa do not play enough T20 cricket and there's a World Cup next October. Mm-hmm. We have another failing like what happened in England this year and everybody will wonder what's wrong with South African cricket. But apart from preparation, I think your scheduling is important because that will at least be a lot closer to the tournament and I'm hoping that by the time the new director and, and coaches and all of them are uh, um, employed and, and given their tasks, that uh, they'll do a lot more to try and get T20 cricket played uh, where then South Africa can select some of the best players and get a squad going there. So there's a lot of issues. And the one other thing that that, that strikes me as pretty odd is that South Africa are going to be playing a test series um, starting in December against England. England are going to be in prime position because I think in a week's time they start playing test matches, two of them in New Zealand, and then come immediately to South Africa. So they'll be in perfect mental state of mind to actually take on the South Africans in the longer form. 
our test will be getting out of the Nzanzi Super League and then you have to suddenly adjust to play in the test matches. So it's not going to be too easy. So there too, your scheduling should be such that the four-day fixtures should actually be happening at this time of the year. It gives the selectors a chance and also the players who are looking to regain some form and knocking the door to actually play the four-day format so that they know that they're in line for selection. So there's a lot of things for them to think about. Mm. But now having said all that, W, so... I think the, the tournament will gain momentum as we get past the exams at the end of June, at uh, the end of uh, November. I'm, I'm quite certain that uh, you'll see uh, the crowds coming. And I do believe in one thing, that the quality of the cricket has been good and that I expect that it's going to continue to be as good as it was last year, if not better. And also on that note, to be fair, is it also not a reflection, Mr. Aslam Kota, of what's happening in domestic cricket? Because even the other local competitions are not that uh, greatly attended. I mean, the four-day franchise series now starts on a Monday when people are at work. Yeah, well, that is simply because of the cost factors uh, as far as CSA are concerned. So they've made these drastic decisions simply to cut back on costs. And uh, we all know why. There's no sponsors for those major competitions as well. So they had to take uh, they've had to take up measures which are going to obviously be conducive to saving money. So that's why the four-day game starts then. But I must tell you that uh, in most parts of the world, apart from the UK and parts of India, where the four-day game actually does draw crowds at all. And when they are in Australia, from what I've heard from commentators that have visited here, is that when some of the uh, 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 Australian internationals go back to, uh, to to Australia. I mean, there's a few weeks in hand where they can actually be uh, playing. They actually turn out and play for the state side. Mm-hmm. So then suddenly you see three, 4,000 people actually pitch up at, the, at those grounds to watch. So that's another thing that should be addressed because the international cricketers do not play enough at domestic level. Um, that's And I think the 45 or the 50 over uh, series, the momentum... Uh, Cup last year, there was a lot of interest and it did really well because it was World Cup season. Mm. I expect that's why, I I assume that's why there was a lot of interest and uh, the teams did play quite well and uh, players did emerge. Um, I just think that uh, what needs to happen from a a, uh, domestic point of view is that there's a lot of, uh, the cricket in South Africa right now is in a depressed state because of all the shenanigans that are going on. And, uh, you know, with Saka, uh, having decided that uh, in disagreement with Cricket South Africa that they're going to go to court, and um, they've found no uh, way of communicating with each other. And I must say that I don't want to take any sides here, but when the mother body stays very silent and does not actually issue statements, and when they do, it's very vague. And more importantly, that to see these type of things appear in the press and on television and everywhere all the time and on social media is that they need to nip it in the bud mm-hmm. and not allow the game to uh, disintegrate into, uh, into what it, it has right now. So they need to knuckle down, bite their bottom lips, uh, let the egos out of the window and meet and correct things so that South African cricket can take its rightful place again domestically and, of course, internationally. And that's just one of the issues, because South Africa not performing too well in England was, was really a, a, a downer. And then losing to India in the manner they did was also very depressing. So it is in a depressed state. And the only guys that can actually pick you up out of that is obviously the players performing a lot better. And uh, the mother body to make sure that the game is nicely advertised 
that uh, they, they do more to, to, in fact, encourage people to come to the ground and, and create the type of an atmosphere where the players will get the support and, uh, you know, uh, get the get get the game going and get the results going in their favor again. And on that and note, we've we've, ac- we've actually got a voice note for you. Sorry to come in there. Uh, let's get to that voice note. Continue to be so good evening to also Aslam. He's speaking to Libra here in East London. Can you please? Um, I heard or read an article over the weekend that says that Graham Smith uh, has been interviewed by Cricket South Africa for the director of cricket position. Does he think that Graham Smith is the correct man to fill the role of director of cricket? Thank you very much, Tabisa. Thank you, Libra. It was all over the papers yesterday, Mr. Cotter. Yeah, yeah. Look, it's a good question to ask at this stage because everybody's focused on, on exactly that position because it's new to South African cricket. And is it going to work? Is it not going to work? That, those are all the questions. And then, of course, the names that come up are in, interesting as well. And in Graham's uh, case, I mean, um, his, his playing pedigree, his, his uh, leadership qualities on and off the field, his uh, hard-nosed attitude to things, uh, to getting things right, um, obviously stands and bodes well for him as an individual. Having read the 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 requirements for such a such a, a, a job that is so deep rooted and with with so many arms to it, uh, I wonder then if he actually ticks those boxes. But I also wonder that those that actually conducted the interviews will worry about that. So to me, he's a front runner, uh, and. Um, I suppose any good leader will keep himself uh, um, or will keep company with people who will advise him well. And that's what obviously we're going to stand by to watch. But the decision still has to be made. And uh, between Corey Fanzel, Hussein Manak and Graham Smith, I think in everybody's book it is Graham that uh, will, will uh, uh, most likely get that uh, get the nod. And I think it's also important from Cricket South Africa's point of view that they have a figurehead a respected one internationally, domestically, and obviously in the business circles as well, because South Africa need to get, the, cricket South Africa need to get their finances right. They need to get the right people in position to get sponsors going again. So I think there'll be more positivity with, with Graham coming into that position. And uh, I'm just hoping that they can tie him down for three or four years, whatever the period is, long enough for him to be able to get his teeth into it so that he can actually then get things right. And I know that it's 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 a wide-ranging job, and he does he will have a lot of responsibilities. So uh, perhaps it's good that a person of that caliber will 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 get things right. Uh, we know that he's been a fine cricketer. He's earned a lot of money, and how much of business sense does he have? Because that's what the position also demands. So there's a lot to it, Tabiso, and that's why it's a very good question at this stage. And everybody's waiting with bated breath because we've heard that they want to make that decision very, very soon, if not in this week. Okay, great stuff. Finally, a quick one. The Joseph Stars losing two out of two. Is it too early to panic or there's no time to slack in this tournament? Well, you know what? It's a good question because when you told me that we're chatting about this, I just went through some of the the, the, the uh, scorecards last year mm. and the likes of Shawnee Spartans, Durban Heat, with such wonderful talent in there, just couldn't get their uh, the, their tournament off the ground. And then when they did, they had those occasional occasional matches where they scored runs and won. And you thought, okay, they're back, they 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 there now. They're going to be challenging perhaps for the last four places. And that didn't happen. So it is difficult. We've seen that happen in the IPL. And others will tell you, especially the likes of JP Tumani and company, who've now spent something like ten years in that tournament uh, in India. 
is that uh, because it's such a long tournament, there is the chance to get back. In India, the and the IPL, they play a whole lot more matches because there aren't just uh, eight teams playing there. Uh, in, in our case, there's there's six uh, teams playing, um, and sorry, eight teams playing, and that uh, it's a two round uh, two round setup, and it needs to be done very quickly. So I'm hoping that it won't be too much of um, an issue there uh, for Jersey Stars. They they do have a very good team. They've had a change in leadership mm. where um, Dane Villas has left to go to play for Durban Heat, and Kemba uh, uh, has taken up the reins there. So. He'll need to get, although he did very well with with the uh, with the uh, Lions last season mm. and winning in uh, two of the four, three formats. Uh, it's still not easy to actually get your 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 teeth into this format because it's uh, it's a tournament. Uh, it's um, there's money involved. There's mm. some internationals in there as well. There's television coverage all over the world. There are coaches themselves that are looking to make a name. There are players who are looking to take this opportunity, not just to be seen in, in South African cricket, but also perhaps impress enough to then get uh, contacts in all these T20 leagues that are going mm-hmm. on around the world. So there's a lot to it, more, a lot more to it than meets our <laughs> eye, Tabi. So, and if you're in the players' dressing room, there's a whole lot of them that have their own individual targets. And uh, can they gel all of that? Can they sort of put all of that together? And let the teams uh, uh, let them perform as a team, because there is also prize money, and I think yeah. six million rand for the winners. Okay, so a lot of it up for grabs. Definitely, we're going to have to leave it there, Mr. Aslam Kota. Always great talking to you. I'm sure we'll chat again during the Samzansi Super League and catch him on commentary on SABC Radio as well as SABC TV. Thank you, Mr. Kota. There.